1: set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasures
0: We hamstrung their horses too, huh? Yeah, and I've done burned the chariots. It's all over with. Bam, big trial, over. I just want to encourage you with that. Again, there's something big in the room on somebody and you are scared to death of it. It is scaring you to death. You need to look at it from the standpoint of victory in Christ and do it His way. It is not as big as it seems. It's just trying to scare you out of your faith. So they did it that day. They took on a bigger, a bigger force in a shorter period of time than what the last one took. Now, I think this shows a spike in improvement in Israel's strength and in Israel's confidence. Israel had to get worked up. God didn't put them to the big northern kings first. He had them cross the, the Jordan first. Then he had them go to Jericho. Then he had them go to Ai. Then he had them go to this city and that city and that city. Then a little group of people and then a bigger group of people. Now the northern kings. He didn't have him go to the Northern Kings first. What I'm saying is your trial that you're in is building you. It's strengthening you and making you stronger for the next one coming. And if you look at that trial coming and go, oh, no, no, I can't. And you try to run away from it. Then the bigger one behind it is going to run you over. You know, I go to the gym when I can, when I'm not getting over knee surgery and stuff. And I work out. And then later I work out with heavier weights and then heavier weights. Guys, you've seen this. You go to the gym and this guy comes in, he's holding his arms out like this, like he's super strong and he tries to like bench the whole rack or something. And he, and you know, he hurt himself because he doesn't stay at it very long. You're like, oh, you faker, come on, poser. (laughs) He's not really, he's not really there, but you guys that know how to work out, they start and they work up a little at a time and that increases their strength. Well, your trials are designed to refine you. They will refine you. And and you see these guys out there doing these incredible things in the name of Jesus. You're like, wow, I wish I could be him. Really? You really wish you could be him? Are you willing to go through the trials they went through to get to that point? Because they didn't just step in there and, oh, here I am. It was a progression. And so face your your next trial with confidence. Because you have a promise of God that you're a conqueror. But they're fighting like never before here. Because they have confidence. They have complete trust in their God. And this is a picture of what could be you also. Trust in your God. Don't just refer to Him on Sunday morning. Oh, it's the thing to do Sundays, you know, go to church. God should be part of your everyday, daily life. even And especially for the big stuff, the hard stuff. Have you really turned over your trials to God? Because I'm telling you, when you turn your trials over to God, it makes no common sense to do so. People will say, what? You're in this big situation and you made a choice to do this? That makes no sense. They'll tell you it don't make sense. Well, I've turned it all over to God. I I had people ask me before, you're going to Bible college? Really? What can you do with that? And I know in their mind, they're thinking, how much money can you make off of that? I'm like, probably can't make any money off of it. And then it come to the time when I quit my job, my career in radio to go uh, be full time. And people said, well, are you running a, in a mega church? Are you going to make lots of money? No. Matter of fact, I'm probably going to lose 90% of my income stepping down from my career to ministry. Well, that don't make sense. Well, of course it doesn't. Not to the worldly sense, but it makes all the godly sense in the world. Because here we all are, and I'm glad to be here, aren't you? You know, there's some, there's some choices you've got to make. Fear or fight. Which is it gonna be? But they're they're fighting in confidence, and I'm trying to learn the same thing myself to fight in confidence, completely trust God. I had to completely trust God to move into ministry. And this could be a picture of us. You're going through that huge trial, but there could be bigger trials on the horizon. You know, if you want to do great things to glorify God, then know that a lot of it is gonna be done through trial. Everybody says, I want to glorify God. That's gonna be done through trial. Your trials are an opportunity to glorify God because people are going to see this massive wave of problems whoosh over you and you're going to come through it strong and they're going to ask, how did you do that? And you tell them, I stood firm in my faith with my God. And that's an opportunity to share the gospel. You've got to think, think about it. Jesus glorified God through His crucifixion. That wasn't easy. But that's how it is. So don't let your life be plateaued out to where you're just coasting, where that same old trial holds the same ownership over you day after day. That same old trial still owns you year after year after year. Shouldn't be like that. Because a trial that holds you, that holds you stagnant will keep you from moving forward. If that present trial can own you enough to keep you stationary, then the next bigger trial ahead is going to knock you clean out. Don't let it have you. Fear or fight, I choose to fight in the name of Jesus Christ. Trials will will always hit us, but I think Romans 8 sums it up well. Romans 8 and 36 says, As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. Sounds like a trial to me. We are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You want to be a conqueror? You want to glorify God? Well, you need to welcome the trial and say, all right, let's go. And it could be a health issue. I've got some health issues that there's no known cure for. Don't worry, you can't catch it. (laughs) But hey, I'm still here. I'm still doing what I do. I've got back trouble. I got this. I got all these things, but I'm standing at the pulpit. If it comes to the point I got to sit down, I'll do it sitting down. But guys, I'm not going to let my, uh, my trials own me to where I'm not fighting. I'm just getting a lot of good examples out of Israel here. They're not laying down. I mean, this nation was founded by men who would not lay down. They fought. They didn't fear. Israel is facing incredible trouble, but they're more than conquerors through the Lord. And so should we. You know, this isn't just a wonderful story about Israel. This is about you too. The reason this is written and still written is so you can read it and go, hey, I can do that. So, Joshua 11 is very illustrative and it's very inspiring on how we should be as conquerors in Jesus Christ. I'm glad of this. Joshua 11 and 10. Joshua turned back at that time and took Hazor and struck its king with the sword, for Hazor was formerly the head of all those kingdoms. (laughs) If that's not guts. Verse 11. And they struck all the people who were in it with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying them. There was none left breathing. Then he burned Hazor with fire. So all the cities of those kings and all their kings Joshua took and struck with the edge of the sword. He utterly destroyed them, as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded. But as for the cities that stood on their mounds, Israel burned none of them except Hazor only, which Joshua burned. And all the spoil of these cities and the livestock the children of Israel took as booty for themselves. But they struck every man with the edge of the, stor- of the sword until they had destroyed them, and they left none breathing. As the Lord had commanded Moses his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, in my Bible, I have verse 15 highlighted. And again, I have, uh, my Bible degree is specifically in Christian leadership. And I have verse 15 highlighted because it demonstrates succession in the leadership of Israel. It shows leadership. It was, it was passed. We can see that there is commitment by others to maintain the vision that was already established with Moses. A vision was set, go this way. And all the leadership from there down are maintaining that vision. And it's very important to do that. So I have verse 15 highlighted, underlined, whatever you want to do but we can see that they're maintaining the vision. God pointed Moses to go in a certain direction. He said, there's the vision, the promised land. I want you to go that way. That's where you need to go. But Moses died before it could happen. And so Joshua had to step in now and take over leadership in Moses' position. And it now became his vision to follow and his task to perform. Now, The reason I make a big statement about this is because today you see this escapist technique of, of, uh, well, God told you to do that. He didn't tell me to do it. God put that on you. He didn't put that on me. That's okay individually, but as a leadership role, that's a problem because the vision should be maintained. People that are quick to abandon the vision... That if God gives a ministry organization a ministry and it changes leadership and people abandon that vision, that ministry is going to fall. It's going to collapse and fall in. Dove uh, had a vision that uh, we're going to make authentic disciples and looking for Messiah Jesus to return. That's our vision. And uh, when he left, I kept the same vision because if I didn't, this ministry would fall. It's part of the Great Commission. We go out and we spread the gospel and we look for Messiah Jesus to come back. All these things. You, you cannot have an organization or a, a, a following without a vision in front of it. Everybody who ever led anything cast a vision. When vision is lost, that's when everything falls apart. So we see the succession and the leadership maintains the same vision in that Joshua did what God commanded Moses, that Moses passed to Joshua. They passed it and the vision is still there. Proverbs 29 and 18, it says this, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. The word revelation means prophetic vision, means what it, vision, what is seen, what you're looking at, what we're going to. So you could also say where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Josh was maintaining this vision. Now, let me paint a picture for today. In the United States today, this nation is so divided that the vision, the direction of this country is being argued back and forth and back and forth by all these different groups. They're fighting back and forth, they're grabbing the American flag and tugging on it from both sides. And the people have cast off restraint. Everybody's going crazy. Turn on the news. Any network, I'm not picking on any particular one. You watch what people are doing. Because the vision is being debated. We want the vision this way. We want the vision this way. And people have cast off restraint. Big argument in the middle. It can't work like that in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, we have to be united. We have to be together. We have to be one. And we have to follow one vision. Our vision ultimately is the Father God through Jesus Christ. And so the vision that Joshua has here is to get the people in the promised land and they're sticking to it. They're sticking to it. Israel cannot be divided in this battle. The vision has to be maintained that God gave to Moses. And that's why it's important to see that Joshua did everything that was commanded. He kept the same vision, and that's what made Joshua's leadership so successful. You cannot have successful leadership if you're not going to stick to the vision. And if you don't have a vision, then who's going to follow you? Jesus had a vision. The vision was to the Father. Lots of great men in history had a vision. They said, here's where we're going. If you can't tell people where you're going, who's going to follow you? <laughs> so it's important to keep that vision. And that's why his leadership was success- successful. Have you ever seen somebody take over leadership of a company or an organization? They take over leadership and the first thing they want to do is what? They want to implement changes. Oh, I'm going to change this and I'm going to change that. They try to make a name for themselves by all these big changes. But if they're not careful, they'll get too far away from the original vision and they'll end up sinking the whole boat. You can't get away from the vision. You must stick to it. Now, if you assume the leadership position of someone who led with a certain vision, a certain direction, then you are to continue to work towards that same vision. You can certainly implement changes. That's okay. But as long as the changes are in line with the vision, that's okay. I i implemented a a chip card reader for giving. Now you don't have to just put envelopes, checks and cash in a box. You can now drop your chip in there. I implemented a change, but it's still in line with the vision, okay? It's not such a big change that it takes our, our, our focus point, our focal point off of Jesus Christ. So we need to keep to the same vision. And we have to adhere closely to the same prophetic vision that Jesus established to look towards the Father to go out and make disciples and see people saved. Because if we get off that vision, we will cast off restraint. Israel had to be focused to go into battle. Can you imagine trying to lead an army into an opposing force, an, a, an alliance of northern kings this big, and your whole army behind you is all in a mess? They're fighting each other. Hey, guys, stop. The enemy's over here. <laughs> that army couldn't conquer this alliance if they were fighting themselves. So they had to stick to that same vision or else they were going to cast off restraint. So it's very important to realize that the, re- the reason Israel is so successful in their conquest is, first of all, because God's in it, but also Joshua in his leadership role, he's being totally committed to the commandments of the vision that God gave Moses. You know what it requires to do this on Joshua's part? He has to be willing to get under authority. And that's another big problem today. And that's part of the end time signs is that children will be disobedient to parents. They will not want to get under authority. You got a problem today with everybody has a problem with authority. They want to do things their own way. You cannot be successful if you will not get under authority. Joshua, as great as a leader he was, he had to get under authority. To God, under authority to Moses, and get in line with the vision. Dove is our founding pastor. I have to be under authority to him and under the vision that he was given for this church. And so, if you want to be successful in your ministry and successful in your life, for that matter, it's important to get under the authority of those who have committed themselves, not to their own agendas, but to the commands and direction that have been established by God in his word. Basically, what I'm saying is, if you want to be successful in life, you need to get under the authority of God's Word. If you're not, you're in for trouble. The smallest of trials are going to run you over. Oh no, so far I've weathered them just fine. Well, you wait. (laughs) That's all I can say. Joshua did not allow God's commandments to change just because the leadership was moved away from Moses. It says in verse 15, if you see in verse 15 again, it says, he left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. People today want to argue, well, God didn't tell me to do it. He told Moses to do it. So I don't have to do it. I'm the leader now. We're going this way. It says Joshua did everything that God commanded Moses to do. This is a man who gets under authority. And those who get under the authority are successful. Get under the authority of the word of God. He left nothing undone. Joshua eleven and sixteen. This is a summary of the conquest. Thus Joshua took all this land, the main country, all the south, all the land of Goshen, the lowland, and the Jordan Plain, the mountains of Israel and its lowlands, from Mount Halak, and the ascent to Seir, even as far as Balgad in the valley of Lebanon, below Mount Hermon. He captured all their kings, and struck them down and killed them. Joshua made war a long time with all these kings. There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, except the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon, all the others they took in battle. Now remember, the Gibeonites heard about Israel. They're wiping everybody out. They got scared. They said, let's go get in good with Israel. They made a covenant with Israel. And so now they're protected. Hey, that sounds like you and me, doesn't it? We were an enemy of God at one time. God's judgment was coming. It put a fear of God in you, and you wanted to get under covenant. And so through Israel, Jesus Christ, our Savior Jesus from out of Israel, you are now able to get under a new covenant and be protected. And that's called grace. And now that you're under that grace covenant, now you're protected from God's wrath. It won't come upon you. You will be saved. So what it says here in this in this uh, summary Everybody was taken except the Gibeonites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. They made a covenant with Israel. That's a picture of us Gentiles, that we, how we could be saved. It's great. But look at how, verse 18, it says the war lasted a long time. You see that? I'm trying to be observant to some key things. The war took a long time. You know, our victory is sure in Jesus Christ. It's sure, but that doesn't mean it's immediate. Your victory is sure, but that doesn't mean it's immediate. And, you know, in our day of instant messaging, emails and texts, drive throughs Amazon to your door two days later, you know, we want everything right now, immediate. I want immediate, immediate. And we've got this instant gratification culture. We're accustomed to having my way right now. And so this is a hard topic for people of our generation to grasp that sometimes victories take a lot of time. Sometimes they take time. And my encouragement to you is don't give up. Just because it's taken a long time to get past this trial, don't give up. Ray's always preaching, I've got victory in Christ. Well, how come I don't see it? Because sometimes the war takes a long time. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The victory's there. Just weather it out. It takes a while. This is the call to stay the course. Don't give up. Don't tire out and quit just because it seems to take forever. You know, you can tell our generation doesn't get it when they try to download a a movie file and they go, oh, this download's taking forever. (laughs) It's not taking forever. Eternal life is forever. So be patient and work hard. Joshua worked and fought very hard for a long time, it says, before everything was done. Now, we need to keep that mindset that sometimes seemed to take longer than we think it should. But just because it's taking longer than you think it should doesn't mean it's never going to end. God's got this. If anything I can tell you today, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. God has your trial under control. He's got it. Don't worry about it. Well, if God has it, then why is it still there? Because sometimes the war takes a while. You're being refined. You're being strengthened. Just be patient. Trial refines us and makes us stronger. Joshua 10 and 20. For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might utterly destroy them and that they might receive no mercy, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, I want to read that again because this one takes it twice to fully get it. People don't believe in this God of no mercy. They believe God has to be merciful. But wait a minute, what does it say? This is God's word, I didn't write it. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with God, but read it again. It, for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle that He might utterly destroy them and that they might receive no mercy, but that He might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, this is one of the most difficult things about God's character for many people to accept that God would actually do this sort of thing. You ever hear this taught very much? Welcome to Calvary Chapel, Pearland, where we teach every line upon every line. We don't skip a thing. Most churches will skip this story and you'll never hear it. And when you never hear it, you never know who God really is. There are people that God does this to. It's right here in the Bible. If you're afraid that it might be you, just listen and I'll show you what's good about it, okay? It literally says that God hardened their hearts so that He could purposely kill them. And so he gave them zero mercy. You do see that, I hope. Well, can't argue with that, Ray, it's there. I don't understand it, but I can not understand it. I mean, I, Why is it there? Well, as hard as it is to swallow, it's in the Bible. Now, the problem that people have with this is that they demand that God has to be 100% merciful 100% of the time. And if God does something like this here, destroying people, then their logic says Well, then that makes God evil. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time. Unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you through a line-by-line, verse-by-verse study in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.
1: You'll be set for life.